bottom of the hour at 11.30 and joins us every single Friday. We talk hockey with our good friend Pierre McGuire, NBC Sports. Pierre is always brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and by UMass Online. We saw the boys back together, Pierre uh, and Doc. And uh, it was a great broadcast Wednesday night, Pierre. Back to work with the boys. How are you? First of all, I am so envious of both of you, Mutt and Lou, being where you are, surrounded by the adult beverage company, getting ready for opening day. I want to be your caddy. We want you here, we Pierre. For Let's you, go. Pierre. We got one spot here at the broadcast. You're probably right in Connecticut. Get in your car and get up here. I got a little game in Chicago between the Blues and the Hawks, so I got to go take care of that. But uh, no, wow, that's great. What a good that's, thing to celebrate the 2013 champs. That's awesome stuff. That's too bad, Pierre, because I was thinking maybe we could sneak you out there to throw the first pitch and tell everybody it's Terry Francona. Welcome back. Yeah. One of your favorites. Hey, Tito, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pierre, let's do this. Let's start Wednesday because it seems like every time you're around this team and you're around them more than any of our guests, you give us great insight, you always pull a nugget or two away from being around this team. You saw the Bruins in person uh, on Wednesday night against Detroit. Give me a couple of two takeaways from watching the Bruins team up close in that loss to uh, the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday. How angry they were after the game was over. They They just weren't complacent. They really cared about the outcome of the game. Uh, and I was really impressed by that. And also the way they handled the goal, no goal, and it actually was a goal, but it ended up being a no goal after Tory Krug shot it through the screen of Zidane Chara. They didn't lose their minds. They stayed focused. They showed maturity. Their coaching staff handled it appropriately. I love the way this team dealt with the adversity the other night in a very, very loud building in Detroit. And it tells me that this team is primed not only for a long run, but to be a very good team for a long time because there's a certain maturity level to this team that I haven't seen in it before. You know, Pierre, one thing it also told me, too, is that I would probably much rather play a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. That Detroit team is just something about them, that building. Uh, they're going to get some guys back. That Zook will be back, uh, as well as a few others. When it all shakes up, that's a team I kind of want to avoid in that first round. You know, Lou, there's one thing you didn't say, and it's really important. I know you appreciate this being a former major leaguer. Managers manage and coaches coach in the NHL, and this coach is a real good coach, Mike Babcock. Yep. He's as good as anybody in the National Hockey League, and Claude Julien knows it, and I have Claude right up there as well in terms of top coaches in the league. But Mike Babcock can do so much with so little. Most coaches have to make enough decisions during the course of an 82-game schedule that they affect between 10 and 15 points in the standings, whether it's pulling the goalie at the right time, making the right roster decision, reacting properly in matchup situations. Bad or good coaching decisions can affect between 10 and 15 points over an NHL season. So that's a large amount of points if you think about it. So Mike Babcock makes those decisions probably as well or better than anybody in the league, and it usually this season anyways, it's probably led to 20 to 22 points for his team, just some of his coaching decisions. Pierre McGuire joining us. I'll stick on Detroit for a second because they, I'm with Lou, they scare me, Pierre, if, and this is an if, they are, or get back the guys they're rumored to get back, uh, Datsuk and company. What, who are the realistic players you could see playing for them uh, once the playoffs start for Detroit? What a good question, Mutt. First of all, uh, Pavel Datsuk will be back tonight. Barring something happening at the morning skate today, he'll play tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. I spent a lot of time with the Detroit coaching staff the other day in Detroit, and I watched Tom Rennie, the fine associate coach of the Red Wings, put 
Pavel Batsik through the paces at the end of the Red Wing skate, and I'm telling you, he put him through the paces big time. Uh, and, and Tom told me at the end of the day, Pavel's ready to play, and Pav eventually said, yeah, he'll play on Friday night, which is tonight. So he's coming back. Jonathan Erickson's going to be back as well, uh, a huge towering defenseman. That'll make it a little bit of a deeper team on the back end, and I don't think they're going to lose their hard work and identity just because they're adding those two players. I know a lot of people in Detroit are concerned about that. I, I know this team really well, just like I know the Bruins really well. Uh, I don't think Detroit will lose their hard work and identity just because Datsuk and Erickson are back. Real quick, uh, when you when you you talked about Nyquist quite a bit in that game, I thought he was explosive. So yep. that was just a that's a salary cap thing. Like they had to wait to bring him up because of salary cap issues, that Pierre. Is, is that true? That is correct. Wow, <laughs> wow. So, so it just shows you how tough the margins are. Um, but obviously he's there to stay now and. I had a chance to talk to the former coach at the University of Maine during the broadcast. We were actually texting back and forth, Tim Whitehead, and he's just so proud of where the young man has evolved to compared to when he first came over from Sweden. It's an amazing story, uh, and the kid deserves a lot of credit. He's worked his tail off to be as good as he is. You know, Pierre, it does seem like they listen, they got the lead. they got the Eastern Conference. Their division's wrapped up right now. Eastern Conference got a nice lead, and whether you call it playing down the stretch here. I know the effort's going to be there, but but Claude is going to mess with it a little bit. We've already seen it for a couple of days here. Any any chance at all, would there be any risk in that? I know you said the last couple of games you kind of pick it up again, but any risk? You lost a couple games in a row, teams fighting for playoff chances that the last five games, you, know, you don't find it and just think you can just it can just click? I don't think so, Lou. I'll tell you why. One of the things that I, ta- I saw the other night, I think I, share, I know I shared it with you at the top of the show, just how angry they were after the loss in Detroit. Yeah but also the composure and the maturity of the team. They understand it. They've been to the final in 2011 and had to win three Game 7s. They had to beat Montreal in a Game 7. They had to beat Tampa in a Game 7. They had to beat Vancouver on the road in a Game 7. That, that takes a lot of focus and determination. So good portions of that team are back. So they understand that commitment. They lost a heartbreaking Game 6 last year. Everybody knows that in Boston. With about three minutes to go, everybody thought there was going to be a Game 7. Obviously, there wasn't because of the offensive explosion of the Blackhawks. So I think Boston learned from that. So I don't think there are a lot of hockey lessons that these guys have to learn. So I'm not that concerned about them. And, again, I throw this out because of the experience that I've had. I went through this twice in Pittsburgh where we had real good teams and we clinched early. And we never had a problem keeping our guys focused and, and taking them in and out of the lineup. And I see Claude doing that, and I think he's doing some really good things with the group. We're talking to Pierre Maguire, NBC Sports, all things Bruins in the NHL. You mentioned in and out of the lineup. If you had to guess, who's that seventh defenseman right now? Is it Mazaros, the guy they acquired, Pierre? Is it a young guy who doesn't get the start in the first playoff game for the Bruins? Might be Matt Bartkowski. You know, you saw him out the other night in Detroit. He was a healthy scratch. He had no injury to him. Uh, Mazaros is playing pretty darn well right now. He's been physical. He's helped their power plays, making pretty good decisions. Uh, he's got the relationship with Chara. So, again, you don't know. And I think a lot of it also depends on the type of team you play in the first round. If you're playing a more physical team from Columbus, maybe you want Bartkowski in and maybe Krug comes out. If you're playing more of a skill slick team like Detroit, maybe you want Krug in and maybe you want Mazaros or Bartkowski out. And what's going to happen if they get Seidenberg back? That's the other thing, because I think at some point here, I'm hearing a lot about it, uh, that Seidenberg's way ahead in terms of his rehab, and there's a chance he could be back. I know last time you said some of the guys from Carolina had told you that. You're hearing even more so since the last time we've talked to you? I am. Um, Again, you're around the group. You talk to people. 
Dennis is such a good person. Everybody on that team desperately wants him back. They just respect the man so much. They like the player, but they respect the man. And uh, so if they can get him back, uh, that'd be great. And obviously, you keep hearing more and more positive information about it. Yeah, you know, they're winning so much. And like I said, you're playing this thing out down the stretch. People start talking. And the big topic this week was Riley Smith. You know, on that second line, um, he hasn't produced goals, but Claude's still fine with the way he's playing, just not finding find the back of the net. Do, do you mess with that, or is that just a temporary thing, opening day, you just go right back to Riley Smith? That's I, I think you go right with the lines that have been so successful for you. You know, one of the interesting things is just the versatility of some of the players. Riley Smith can play the point on the power play, and he can play in a shutdown situation with Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. Chris Kelly can play left wing, he can play center, he can be your top penalty killer, he could be your top defending the lead kind of a guy late in games. I mean, you look at the versatility, Louis Erickson can play third line one night and play first line like he did in Detroit uh, two nights later because of uh, Jerome McGinley sitting out, whether it was because of a lower body injury or whether the Bruins wanted to get him rest, it doesn't matter, he played last night, so that was pretty quick healing by Jerome McGinley. So it shows you the versatility of the lineup. Uh, they've got so many different ways to go, but Riley Smith, Brad Marchand, and, and Patrice Bergeron have been one of the best lines in hockey. And I have to tell you guys this. I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to keep saying it. Bergeron's got to be in the MVP discussion. I think he's a slam dunk to win the Sulky Trophy, the best defensive forward. But Bergeron needs to be in the Hart uh, Trophy discussion. If he's not, shame on the voters. Yeah, I think it's more a voting thing at this point. You've got to convince your voters that a guy doesn't have to be top three in points or goals, Pierre, to win the MVP. If they do that, he's a lock. But I, you go to the history of the award, it's the guys who score points who yeah, win the no, thing. It's a fair point, fair point by you, Mud. I just, again, I'm not saying it because I'm biased towards a kid. I think the world of him as a player and as a person. But it, it would be so wrong and send such a bad message if he's not at least one of the nominees because of the way he's played the entire season and what he does for this team. Ask Mike Babcock what he thinks of him. <laughs> I believe it. Pierre, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks, wish, wish you were here with us and uh, oh, look forward man. to talking next week. You know, Lou must be getting all kinds of goosebumps going there when he hears <laughs> that first home run call. It's, it's early right now as we get, approach it even you know more so towards that 2 o'clock hour. Yeah, that's when it happens. I just know one thing. I can't wait to spend playoffs in Boston and spend some time with you boys at the ballpark on the off days. Oh, we'll make it work. It's going to be the best, Pierre. Thanks. Enjoy the trip to Chicago. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, NBC Sports, NBC Sports Network has it. Pierre joins us, brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment, UMass Online.